Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. As always, my name is Mung. And hey, it's the Los uh, back at you, heading into the playoffs week. Uh, big games, always big games, but even bigger now if yeah. you're still in. We're uh, we're down we're down to the final few weeks of the season here for fantasy, and uh, I just want to say that uh, you know, unfortunately, due to a bunch of conflicts with scheduling, uh, the three of us have been super busy the last couple of weeks. But uh, it's very endearing. I've gotten a few messages. People have reached out on Twitter and on SoundCloud asking about, uh, you know, where, where the latest episode is. So uh, despite me being uh, kind of coming down with a cold, uh, and I'll apologize in advance for any coughing fits that may occur during the podcast this week, uh, we, re- we really appreciate hearing feedback like that. Uh, we're glad that you guys are getting some out, some out of this in terms of advice or just enjoyment. We have some of the greatest fans in the world. Sorry about uh, last week, but if you were listeners, I'm sure that you guys were able to navigate your way through and into the playoffs. Yeah, and congrats to all those who uh, have something on the line for Week 14. Uh, best of luck, and uh, let's get right into it. Yep. Um, so we're going to preview this week's matchups. Uh, we won't go through every player for every game, but we're going to try and highlight the uh, the most important issues for for players that you're thinking about starting or benching for this week. Um, so the first game we're going to talk about is going to be Minnesota at Arizona tomorrow night. We are recording this on Wednesday. Um, and on the Minnesota side, uh, are you really starting anybody outside of Adrian Peterson? Uh, for me, I've got to start Stefan Diggs. I know he, he didn't look great that last week. Um, but Seattle, Seattle's got the, the most lockdown secondary in the league. Let's, let's, let's talk about that. Um, Arizona isn't far behind them, but. But I, th- I really think that that Seattle secondary outclasses everybody else. Uh, Arizona is probably, you know, number two, but it, it's it's a gigantic step. Uh, you, you've got to be starting digs. Nobody else, really, for me, though. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I can even trust digs. He's done nothing the last few weeks, and Patrick Peterson uh, is likely going to be on him, and he's playing some of the best ball he's ever played. Mm, okay, I, I mean, I could see it. I, I guess it, it all depends on, like, who, who you're – your alternatives are um but i'm I'm trusting him i'm I'm rolling him out there all right well um i mean adrian peterson's still a running back one for me simply because he's adrian peterson i mean you can't bench him um yep but on the other side here for arizona i'm starting everybody because we've recently heard that from minnesota they're going to be missing anthony barr uh harrison smith and their nose tackle linvold joseph um, really their defense is going to be struggling hard in this game, uh, on a short week where they haven't had much time to rest. I think the Cardinals are going to win big. David Johnson owners ought to be licking their chops right now with all those, uh, with all those deficiencies in the Vikings defense. Um, you know, Bruce Arians is going to capitalize on that early fast. They're going to throw a lot of touchdowns. They're going to be running the football a lot. I mean, he doesn't really slow down, so it's not like he's going to stop throwing the football, but I think David Johnson's in for a real big game. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the last three weeks, Minnesota has, la- uh, has allowed each running back 100 yards rushing. Uh, honestly, I-, I think David Johnson plays most of the snaps, even though we'll see some Kern Williams, maybe some Stefan Taylor. Uh, but Johnson is a is a great play in both DFS and for your, uh, excuse me, for your playoff matchups as well. 
is it even worth what what order would you start the whiteouts in say say you're owning two you can only start one it's got to be Fitzgerald. He's still, you know, the one that's seeing the most targets. Will he get the most yards? Not necessarily, but in terms of the safest floor, it's definitely Fitzgerald. And then between Brown and Floyd? I mean, honestly, uh, you know, flip a coin. I think it really depends on whoever gets open deep and then Carson Palmer just chucks it downfield. It could even be JJ Nelson. Honestly, those three are all very close for me. Okay, I, I, I can't disagree with that. Um, for me, I, I still like Brown, even though Floyd's been getting a little bit more action, but uh, you're absolutely right. You can't really go wrong. Yeah, and certainly uh, you, you can't bench uh, Larry Fitzgerald uh, if you're deciding no, no, between no, no. two I, I of them. I think the he's one. the clear number one. Um, all right, so the next game we're going to no, talk no about... No tight ends on either team, though. No, I mean, Darren Fells or Jermaine Gresham may, may get a touchdown for Arizona, but you're certainly not uh, not starting them. Shot in the dark. Um, now, the next game we're talking about, uh, I'm very, very excited for, and that's Buffalo at Philadelphia. And the reason for that is, I, I think I tweeted about this way back when, a couple months ago. And I'm I hope starting, it's not about a revenge game. Uh, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen a lot of the community catch up in the last couple of days. I've been hearing a lot about it. And basically, Shady McCoy, the last few games, he's had some dirty filthy nasty jukes i mean he is he is playing (laughs) worked up over there (laughs) he is playing such good football right now now that we've seen he's back to his healthy self i'm starting mccoy everywhere philadelphia has the sixth worth excuse me the sixth worst rushing defense in the league they're allowing close to 125 rushing yards a game um, and you know, there have been conflicting reports that McCoy isn't, isn't angry at Chip Kelly. He's not holding a grudge, but Albert Breer tweeted out today that McCoy's response to Chip Kelly wanting to shake his hand, uh, McCoy says, uh, Chip can't shake blank. Uh, we got nothing to talk about. He can't Ooh. call me. Does that sound like McCoy is over this grudge? Doesn't sound like it to me. No, he is a bitter ex lover. He's, he's, he's definitional. Yeah, and, and look at this. Since uh, excuse me, since Buffalo's bye, McCoy's been averaging just under 100 rushing yards a game. He's he's averaging three catches a game, and he's averaging almost 20 points per game in PPR. He's a must play for me in every single DFS lineup you set. And obviously, you're not benching him in redraft leagues. Yeah, he, it's it's cut and dry. He's an easy top five back. He's my number one running back this week. By there far. you go. Um, Tyrod Taylor, Sammy Watkins, you're starting them as well against the Philadelphia quote unquote defense. Uh, who, yeah, Tyrod Taylor showing up very nicely against that Houston defense. Yeah, and guess what? Philadelphia gave up 300 passing yards and three touchdowns to Matt Castle. What do you think Tyrod Taylor can do? Exactly. Um, all right, so on the other side here, Philadelphia, Sam Bradford, you know, if you must, if you're in a deeper league. Uh, certainly could have a decent day. Buffalo's defense has been giving up plenty of yards lately. Um, and then Jordan Matthews is the only wide receiver I would even come close to touching. Yeah, it's it's hard to trust anybody here. Um, Bradford hasn't looked good. I, there's only so many ways you can say it. Even against that, that New England's defense, New England's a great team, Philadelphia won the game, whatever. Bradford did not have a good game whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, they really won against New England based off their defense and special teams. Um, But the other thing here uh, that's interesting to note is we saw that, um, excuse me, that 
DeMarco Murray, he, uh, you know, reports came out that he was talking to the owner of the team about, you know, how much work he's seeing or not seeing, I should say. And the reports are that Ryan Matthews is practicing this week, that he's likely to play. Uh, would you be shocked if he saw the majority of the touches? I really can't say I'd be shocked by anything. Let me go out on a limb here and say that uh, there can't be many playoff teams uh, that are in the playoffs after relying on on much from uh, the Eagles offense whatsoever, be it the running game, the wide receivers, the quarterback. It's just been an absolute mess. Uh, Murray, Murray will be, I mean, Matthews will be back in this game, um, but he may get the most touches. At the same time, I, I think, I think my best money is probably on Sproles getting the most touches. Um, they're going to work Matthews back in. Murray has looked bad, and I know he's talking to the coach and whatnot. I, 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 either way, I hope you're not relying on him in this next week. Yeah, you know, I, I brought it up because I actually am in a 14-team league where Ugh. I have no one at running back to. Um, so here's here's the hoping. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a, that's about all you can do. But I can't start any of them with any faith. If there's something, if you if there's somebody that you own, like I mean, if you're lucky enough to grab a David Johnson or something before, or if there's somebody that you know has guaranteed time, even if they're like a Sean Drawn, I'd start over any of these running backs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just I don't want to touch any of them. Yeah, it's 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 so, it's so disgusting in the NFC East right now. Yeah, it's shocking because Dallas and Philly still have a chance to make the playoffs, despite how terrible right? they've been. Gosh, crazy. And even the team, uh, even Washington, their running back situation is terrible. Anyway, anyways. I, I, I feel uh, like 80% of, these... of the league's running back backfields are just awful situations. Yeah, that's, that's the trend now, I guess. But uh, you, you did bring up Sean Drone, and, and if uh, we're done with the Philadelphia game here, um, no. let, let's move on to the Segway. San Francisco at Cleveland game. Yeah, how'd you like that one? That was good. I, hey, I, I'm I'm darn good. What can I say? <laughs> so um, you mentioned Sean Drone, and I just want to bring up that in his starts since uh, Carlos Hyde got injured, uh, Drone has yet to score fewer than 13 points a game in PPR um, since starting, and he's a very safe floor player in PPR. He is getting no love from the analysts, no love from the pundits right here at the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. You listen to us, you keep you keep winning. Hey, if Sean Drone listens to this podcast, he knows that we love Sean Drone. He he knows what's up. Um yeah, speaking of San Francisco though, Blaine Cabert, uh terrible terrible loss for the Bears last week. He actually has been playing pretty well. Um, doesn't look at all like his former self from back in Jacksonville. I think, you know, I wouldn't trust him for your playoffs, but in terms of like a contrarian tournament play for daily, Gabbard might actually do pretty well against a very bad Cleveland defense. Oh, he, he's a great contrarian play here against the Browns. And it, even, I mean, if you're one of the guys that drafted luck, happen to pick, happen to piece your way, you know, piecemeal your way through the quarterback situation, making it in the playoffs. I think he's a very intriguing look right here. Uh, his feet do nothing but help him. 75 extra yards in that touchdown. I mean, that was, now that was a disgusting rush he had against the Bears. That should have never happened. But it did happen. And, uh, you're, you know, his owners were all the better for it. Yeah, and, I, and honestly, Torrey Smith and Bolden, both, you know, wide receiver four options, but high upside against, again, that Cleveland secondary that's giving up so many big plays. Um, and even the San Francisco defense against Johnny Manziel, if you're desperate, um, you know, could be worth a shot. 
Yeah. Intriguing, intriguing things in, uh, in Cleveland. Yeah, and on the flip side here with Manziel, uh, again, wouldn't start him either in, in uh, your playoffs. But again, in DFS, his rushing so much upside, uh, you never know. Yeah, he's he's a much riskier play. He's a far more, he's going to be a far bigger contrarian in my opinion. Um, I I can't touch Johnny Manziel. I just can't justify it. Yeah, but even if he throws a couple picks, doesn't do great. He could rush for fifty yards and a touchdown. Yeah, but you're not winning. I mean, you're not winning in a tournament play with a with a couple picks. I mean, we'll see. Well, you never know. But um, on the other hand here, his weapons, uh, we've seen that Barnage and Duke don't do quite as well with Manziel in. However, Travis Benjamin and, and Manziel have connected on some big, big, deep passes. I think Benjamin's a pretty solid play as well. He's the only one. Yeah. Um, and again, San Francisco's defense, they are not as good away as they are um, at Candlestick, or I mean, excuse me, not Candlestick anymore, uh, Levi's. Right. Uh, I'm going to have to go backwards on Gary Barnage this week. Just can't trust him uh, in a daily in your season, anything with, uh, with Johnny Manziel. Yeah, we've seen that the chemistry isn't quite there as it was with McCown. I, I would not, uh, not want to trust him. Yeah, and, and nothing in this running game. Um, next year might be the time for Duke Johnson, but but it is not right now. Yeah, Duke Johnson, interesting hole in dynasty or keeper leagues. Outside of that, I, I don't see him contributing a ton with Manziel at the helm for the last few weeks here. Yep. Heartline looked good last week, though. If uh, if Austin Davis was playing this year, then uh, that deep, that real deep shot I took in the preseason saying Heartline would be a candidate for 100 catches. I mean, he had eight in that one game with Davis. Yeah, he has been getting a ton of uh, targets the last few weeks. I just, I can't trust Brian Hartline. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree. Um, All right, so moving on to Detroit at St. Louis then. Uh, Stafford, he's a high QB too for me. Uh, The St. Louis defense we've seen is nowhere near as scary without Robert Quinn. Um, As for the running backs, I think both Amir Abdullah and Theo Riddick are low RB2s or flex plays for me in PPR. Yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting to see a ton out of them. For me, it's still only Riddick, uh, still only because of that catch potential. I think he's still, what, like the number two running back for uh, receptions in the league? Yeah, but we have seen that Amir Abdullah is getting quite a, quite a bit of work the last few weeks with the change in the coaching. I, I do think Amir Abdullah could have a decent day here. I just don't have the faith in the run game, um, especially against the Rams. Yeah, but again, the Rams haven't been quite as fierce on the last few weeks. Uh, you know, their defense, uh, we actually found out today that Robert Quinn is going on IR with back surgery, and they're just completely different without him and without McDonald. That is true. That's a huge loss, but I think that's going to be a bigger boon for the Lions' wide receiving core instead of the running backs. Sure, and you're definitely starting Calvin. And Golden Tate, probably a high-end wide receiver three, would you say? I think Lewis Murphy's an interesting uh, uh, daily play. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. I I think it's interesting. All right. I mean, hey, more power to you. Let me know how that works out. <laughs> He's going to be cheap. Yeah. Um. And as far as Eric Ebron, I'm not bothering with him. Yeah, he's. I think he's got to get out of his own way first. Yeah, we, I just don't know what exactly is going that was, on. That we, was coach speak for you. <laughs> I mean, we, we've seen that he's gotten a ton of targets, even in the red zone, you know, late earlier this year. But I mean, they're just not connecting. He's had a few big drops. And I mean, Stafford's just kind of going away from him now. He's a darn talented guy. He's just got to put it all together out there. But how many players can we say that about? Yeah, that's very true. Yep, um, he may be out of the league this time two years from now. 
Yeah, the last thing I want to say about Detroit here is their defense is very cheap on various daily platforms. I think they're a very solid play. They have a new offensive coordinator in St. Louis this week. Uh, neither Foles nor Keenum's very good. I, I think Detroit is very underpriced. Yeah, uh, and is going to get into that backfield and wreak some havoc. Yeah, and I mean, for St. Louis, I, I guess Gurley's a flex play. He's been terrible the last few weeks. We've seen that defenses don't respect the pass at all. They're basically just stacking the box and just stifling Gurley. I think it's only a matter of time before he breaks free. Uh, this, is, this is exactly what Adrian Peterson had to put up with uh, for a long time early in his career, and he still went top, top of every draft. Yeah, definitely. The talent's there, but I just I, I don't think he's more than a low running back two or a flex play, given how he's played as of late. I, th- I think we've got we've to take the recency bias out of it a little bit. Last week, Carol, Cardinals defense, the Lions defense, though it will be a step forward and, and do well against this team, it is not the Arizona Cardinals defense. Sure, and that's fair. Um, and again, uh, we, we touched on this uh, just a minute ago, but I see that the St. Louis defense is still rostered in many, many leagues. Uh, I had him on. I had them on two teams of mine, and I've since dropped them on both. I think they're very droppable. They've averaged three points per game since week nine with Quinn out. It's not a good look. All right, so the next game here, uh, big, big news today. Uh uh, if you're listening to this tomorrow morning, then you'll probably already know Mark Ingram placed on injured reserve with a shoulder injury. Um, and, you know, never good to hear about injuries, but I do think it's kind of funny that the rumor is that he suffered or tweaked this injury uh, while he was chucking the football at the photographer celebrating after his touchdown against Carolina last week. Gosh, yeah, and he got he got penalized for that, too, didn't he? Yeah, maybe he should just like mount the goalpost like Antonio Brown did. You know, he didn't get <laughs> there you hurt. go. Just uh, rack uh, yourself. You know, You're was, good to go. It was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay. So let's talk real quick. Uh, Tim Hightower, Marcus Murphy, CJ Spiller. Um, who knows how the touches are going to get split up here in New Orleans? Uh, wh- what's your take on this? My take is I hope I didn't. I, I hope I didn't have uh, Mark Ingram, which I didn't in any leagues, I guess. But but it's it's going to be rough. My first instinct, my gut pulls me towards CJ Spiller just for the massive talent and upside that he has. He's shown the flashes in the few games. He's shown the massive point upside and potential. Um, if I'm playing a daily, I think I'm probably going with Spiller if I really want to be jumping on one of these uh, New Orleans Saints uh, running backs. If, if my season is riding on this... I think I think the recency just shows that I mean Hightower's been in the game more, but I, I really don't think I I know it's got to be Spiller. I can't I can't take Hightower over Spiller. Yeah, and, and I think that Hightower is gonna get a good amount of work, particularly at the goal line because he is the bigger back. Could be something like a an Asiata and McKinnon split uh, in Minnesota last year. Um, yeah, but honestly, um, you know I I'm. I have no shame in saying that I really have no idea for this situation. If I had to pick one, my gut would say CJ Spiller as well, simply because, um, you know, he's got that explosive talent. We saw in week four against Dallas, Spiller only needs a few touches to maybe break a huge touchdown. Yeah, I, I, and that's, I mean, that's the thing. That's all he needs is a couple touches to break some big ones. Yeah, I, I think if anything, this might actually help out Drew Brees. I mean, I think they may just have to revert to throwing it a ton. Which I'd be absolutely fine with. 
Yeah, and that's that's the Drew Brees we know and love. That's what he can do. That's what he's good at. That's what he did against uh, Carolina last week. Wasn't expecting that at all. <laughs> yeah, and Marcus Murphy, he's an unknown. He's an X factor. It's hard to judge. You know, he looked good in the preseason, but that's a long time ago. Um, and honestly, I don't love any of them because look, Tampa Bay this week giving up the seventh fewest rushing yards in the league right now, and the next week they get Detroit, and then Jacksonville after that, and neither of those teams are you know terrible against the run. Yeah, it's it's not great. It's really not a great situation. Um, but if but if you have Ingram and he went down, this is likely your only option. Um, keep keep a, keep your ear on on what they've been saying. But my my first gut, I mean, is go with the talent, and the talent is all in the hands of C.J. Spiller. Yeah, and on the other hand, here again, Drew Brees and Brandon Cooks, uh, great starts against Tampa Bay this week for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and on the other hand here, uh, completely different take for uh, Tampa Bay. This matchup against New Orleans is beautiful in every single way. Um, Jameis, he's developing really well, and New Orleans is giving up the most fantasy points in the league to opposing quarterbacks this year. Uh, opposing quarterbacks are averaging 25 points per game against them. They're, they're great starts. Um, I, I would advocate for all of them. Jameis should have a very nice game. He'll be a very nice uh, DFS play. I expect a high percentage uh, to be starting him. Vincent Jackson, Mike Evans, got to play both of them. Even Austin Safarian Jenkins being back in, they're showing him the looks. Um, he's got to come down with footballs in the end zone. That's that's uh, That's been a problem, but he's got to make it happen. And Jameis Winston has shown he likes throwing to the tight end. Bright had a nice little run with uh, ASJ out of the way. Yeah, I actually, I, I agree. I love Austin Safarian Jenkins in tournament plays this week. Uh, you know, he had three catches for 31 yards on six targets last week, despite only playing about 25% of the snaps being eased back into the rotation. Uh, he's a tight end one for me this week and for the rest of the season for the playoffs. Yeah, can't disagree right there at all. Yeah, and you're obviously starting Doug Martin, top five, top seven option at running back. Yep. Um, all right, um, so the next game here, Tennessee at New Jersey. Uh, I don't love Marcus Mariota, but I, I think he'll be fine. He'll, he's a decent quarterback to play if you're desperate or in a deeper league. Um, I don't love any of the running backs here. Uh, New York's pretty good against the run. Um, I mean, what about Doriel Green-Beckham after that big game last week? Yeah, I don't like any Titans against this Jets team. Yeah, I think the only one for me, again, is for daily, for tournaments, Doriel Green-Beckham could have, you know, just a big game randomly. Sure, somebody's going to have to catch passes because uh, the Jets, Ryan Fitzpatrick, although he's not, you know, a phenomenal athlete or anything, he gets the job done. He moves the he moves the team downfield, and they put up points. And it's, I mean, they're a hard-nosed, fun football team to watch. Ryan Fitzpatrick is my playoff quarterback in a league, and I'm completely comfortable with that. He has been yeah. completely underrated this this year, and he's just so resilient. Outside of his Oakland game, he's been fantastic. He's had some very underrated weapons around him, too. Eric Decker has been a very solid player his entire career. I know the knock was he's always been with Peyton Manning. Well, Peyton Manning's all, also been with him while he was in Denver. I mean, he, he it takes two to tango a little bit. And Brandon Marshall is just an absolute monster. He's he's the beast before before Marshawn Lynch was the beast. Yeah, Brandon Marshall, uh, you know, the first player to have 1,000 receiving yards with four different teams. Um, Phenomenal. Just, yeah. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm sad that uh, Chicago let him go, but I'm happy for his success in New York. Um, and then Chris Ivory, you're obviously starting as well. Even even though Tennessee's pretty good against the run, you can't not start Chris Ivory. Not concerned with Powell, not concerned with Ridley. 
Well, actually, you know, Powell might be a decent flex play as well. We saw he had a big game last week. It all depends on game flow. If Tennessee can somehow keep up with New York, uh, you know, Powell does get a lot of work in the passing game and some carries as well. Yeah, I think I think the Jets are going to eat. The, I, I think the Jets defense is going to eat Mariota and the Titans alive. Um, I, I, I don't expect that the, the Jets are going to need to be slinging the ball to Powell all that much. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't think it'll be quite a shootout as it was last week uh, against the Giants. Yes. Now speaking- there's no there's no Odell Beckham Jr. on the Titans. <sighs> no. Although although give them two years, ODB and DGB maybe you know DGB maybe the next cover of Madden. Ooh, yeah, that's uh, that's certainly possible. And we've seen that Odell Beckham seems to be overcoming the Madden curse this year. So uh, yeah, yeah, he's well, he's he's that darn good. But uh, speaking of shootouts, we got Pittsburgh at Cincinnati next. And, uh, I mean, honestly, we're going to spend about 10 seconds on the Steelers side. Ben's a quarterback one. D'Angelo's a running back one. Brown's a wide receiver one. Martavis is a wide receiver two. And I think Wheaton's an upside wide receiver three or flex play, too. Oh, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. You're eating the Wheaties. You're jumping on the train. I I am. I mean, how can you not (laughs) love this Steelers offense that is just on fire right now? It's really good. I can't. I, I agree with everything you just said. Yeah, this is a Steelers offense that put up a ton of points in Seattle. That's how good they are right now. That's right. Um, and here's the thing. Uh, I did want to bring up one other Steelers player that I think is really flying under the radar here, and that's kicker Chris Boswell. Um, he's uh-huh. still unowned in the vast majority of leagues, and he's been averaging 12 points per game ever since Big Ben returned as the starting quarterback. I think that he is the fantasy kicker to own if if you're in the playoffs here. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I mean, I I never put too much thought into kickers, but if you're if you're sitting on a one that hasn't been doing that well, if you're sitting on like Vinatieri or something like that because you love names, I would I would definitely say now is the time to change. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I dropped Brandon McManus in a league for Chris Boswell. Uh, I, I mean, the things change so quickly in the NFL that you need to adapt, and I do think that. My philosophy is in the playoffs, uh, you know, every point or half a point counts. It does. Every every single point, every single yard, everything out there. And this is not to say that Boswell is a phenomenal kicker. Let's not forget, what is the, the fifth kicker that the Steelers uh, employed this year? No, but opportunity breeds success. Yeah, and clearly there's a ton of opportunity in Pittsburgh. Um, and I'm sure you of all people know that kickers can swing playoff games. I believe you were facing oh. Justin Tucker last year, the year before, with a. It was two outing. years ago. Yeah, I remember. It was uh, what was it was it was Hauschka. He had, uh, I believe, it was Hauschka. It was either Hauschka or who was kicking for the Ravens. It was no, one it was, of those two. I Tucker. forget, but, but either way, they had a 30-point game. Yeah, I remember uh, quite a few angry texts from you that year. <laughs> yeah, I was I was not happy at all. Um, another player, I guess we're talking a lot more about the Steelers than, than we did. I, I think Jordan Todman might be worth handcuffing um, just because the same exact reason, opportunity. If, if God forbid, something happens to D'Angelo, you need Ben Roethlisberger's running back. Look, I'm going to disagree here. Um, I understand that there's a ton of opportunity in the Steelers' backfield, but I do think that if D'Angelo were to get hurt, God forbid, uh, I do think that Toussaint and Todman and whoever else would form some sort of committee. I don't, I don't know that any one of them is good enough to be, uh, you know, the workhorse handcuff. I, I think it's 
I think it's worth the while. I mean, it's at the point in the playoffs where you're down to just a certain select few players that you're starting and other people that you're ignoring. You have you 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 will have uh, expendable roster spots. Handcuffing D'Angelo Williams, whether it's whether you've got the right guy or not, you don't want to not have the guy and say you could have. I get that, but I think I would rather have handcuffs like you know Blau Powell or even. Dan Heron and Indy, you know, just guys who, who should get the majority of the work. I just don't, uh, I don't feel confident that Todman would be a pure handcuff there. All right. Um, but okay. Uh, I can certainly understand that, uh, for Cincinnati, uh, let's talk about them. Andy Dalton, um, we had our bets and he's been doing, he's been up and down, but doing well for the most part. Uh, how do you feel about, uh, Andy Dalton against the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, quote unquote defense? I think he'll probably have a nice day again. Uh, the, the Steelers defense, although it's looking a little more fiercer, it's looking a little more terrible. Uh, I expect Dalton to have another two touchdown plus game. Yeah. And I think, uh, AJ green and Eifert's are easy starts. Uh, we, we did hear that Eifert was practicing in full today. Uh, sounds like he's uh, relatively probable for, for this coming week. Steelers are not a team that defend the tight end that well. Yeah, and also um, in terms of the running back here, another you know weird situation. I, I do think this is going to be more of a Giovanni Bernard game than a Jeremy Hill game. The Steelers are better against uh, defending the run than they are the pass, and I think Gio could get some nice uh, check I agree, days. although if people get tackled at the 1-2 and two again, I mean, they, they might just put Hill in there just to just to seal the deal. They might, but now they also have Eifert back, so they might just uh, chuck it to him as well. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I'd put more of my chips on that. Sure. Um, do we need to talk about Marvin Jones at all? I don't know that he's going to have a big game here. I don't think so. Even if, even if uh, Green gets hurt or anything like that, I, I, I've I, Jones isn't going to be somebody that's going to be cracking any lineups over other good wide receivers. Yeah, absolutely agreed there. Um, so moving on to Indianapolis at Jacksonville, uh, Matt Hasselbeck, just terrible, terrible game last week, but, uh, Jacksonville, um, not scared at all. I think Hasselbeck in a two QB league or super flex, just fine. Um, and I think Gore is a decent play simply because I think again, the volume is there. Yeah, he'll be okay. Yeah. I, I think, I think Gore is probably the main guy that I'm looking to starting in this game. Um, I still don't know how I feel about uh, this wide the wide receiver situation with Hasselbeck at the helm. I don't like it at all. He spreads the ball around too much. He devalues everybody a little too much for my liking. Um, nobody's really shown any retention in value. The first game, Flaner was the guy, uh, but past that, it's it's been it's been really all over the place. Yeah, I mean, honestly though, just because Jacksonville's pass defense is so bad, we saw what Mariota and the Titans did last week. I do think that Moncrief and Hilton are fine plays if you need them in the playoffs this week. Yeah, I'm not benching him. I'm just not excited about starting him. I'm definitely not starting him in dailies. Sure, and definitely I'm not uh, confident either of the tight ends would not start any of them. No. Um, Jacksonville side though, I, I think Blake Bortles will be fine. I think Allen Robinson's a, a must-start top-five stud at this point. And, that uh, guy. Oh, <laughs> I, I wish I, I... I was thinking of trying to pull some triggers on getting him in Dynasty Leagues. I, I couldn't get it done um, before the season. I'm, I'm really regretting it. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I think uh, even, even those of us who are the highest on him, and I certainly missed on him, uh, I'll admit that, um, did not think that his ceiling was quite this high. He's good, and Bortles is, is very uh, very usable as an NFL quarterback. 
Yeah, and plus uh, they do get Alan Hearns back. Um, he is practicing now, sh- uh, should be fine and out of the pr- concussion protocol. I think he's a fine low wide receiver to play here. If you've got to start him, I'd start him. Um, yeah, definitely. Is uh, is Actually, is that uh, – oh, my gosh, I can't think of his name. That cornerback for the Colts, he was out for the season, right? No, Vontae Davis, uh, Davis will be on Allen Robinson this week. Okay. Um, however, I'm, I'm really not that scared. Robinson faced him earlier this season and did fine. And Robinson's yeah. really developed as the season's progressed as well. And I'm just, I'm not that scared of Vontae Davis when I, I guess I'm putting Allen Robinson in that elite must start category now. Yeah, there he, he's getting there. Definitely. Uh, it took, it took a big step his sophomore year. Yeah. And, uh, Hey, go figure. They finally gave TJ Yeldon rushing attempts in the red zone near the goal line and guess what <laughs> he converted shocking paid um, off didn't it yeah yeldon uh he's a pretty solid high-end running back too for me this week um and they've the- got a nice team going forward in dynasty leagues i mean people at this point are still going to be looking at them as the jaguars uh before before they start picking up steam but going forward these are, these are a bunch of young very talented guys and they could be i mean they could be looked at like the steelers going forward in, in a, like two three years from now yeah, and honestly, we didn't even mention Marquise Lee or Rashad Green. They certainly are both pretty good out of the slot. Um, and again, Julius Thomas, uh, yep. he, he wasn't great the past week, but he's caught three straight touchdowns in three straight weeks. Um, a lot of times that's all you're looking for in a tight end. Yeah, he's a he's a low tight end one for me this week also. Yeah. All right, uh, so the next game here is going to be San Diego at Kansas City. Um, how are, how are you feeling about Philip Rivers? We've seen that he's just had so many injuries around him. There's only so much he can do. I feel like Philip Rivers is going to have a slightly better day than he had against the Broncos, but that she, the Chiefs defense is going to shut this team down again. Um, 10 points out of the Chargers, I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know that I can start Philip Rivers this week. Um, if you're in the playoffs, uh, you, you likely you know, have been relying on him. He's been great for most of the season, but lately the injuries are a bit tough to overcome. And if you have decent streaming options on the waiver wire, uh, I think you bench Philip Rivers this week. I think the only person I can really feel good about, uh, two people I can feel decent about starting on this team are Woodhead and Gates. I, I don't even know if I can feel good about starting Woodhead at this no, point. No, just decent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, certainly not Melvin Gordon. Um, you know, we'll see how Stevie Johnson looks. He did get injured, uh, you know, last week. Um, but if you survive, I do think that, you know, they get Miami and Oakland in weeks 15 and 16. So I certainly wouldn't be dropping any of your chargers just yet. Yeah, no, no. Um, okay. So the other thing I wanted to talk about here. Uh, is that Kansas City defense? Uh, I see that they're still out there in quite a few leagues. Um, and I bring up the defense first because I think that they might be the most valuable in terms of helping you at a positional advantage in the playoffs. Most points rest of the season on the Chiefs will be the defense. Yeah, look, I mean, the Kansas City defense needs to be owned. I don't know how they're out there in so many leagues. They've been giving up a lot of points to opposing teams um but again their defense is scoring a ton of fantasy points they get san diego this week i wouldn't be shocked if they had five or more sacks on rivers um and the next week they get baltimore who may not even have matt schaub they may be facing jimmy clausen and then they get cleveland in the championship game how do you not own the kansas city defense buy them and ride them that's that's all i can say yeah if they're out there you need to get them um 
As for the other Chiefs players here, Alex Smith, I think he'll be fine. It, it, it's so hard to predict because even though he's actually been passing downfield a little bit more, um, the, San Diego is so bad against the run that they might just run it down their throats all day. Kelsey's doing exactly what he did last year, fading towards the goal line. Yeah, I think, you know, Kelsey, he's still the, a must The figure start. of goal line, I mean, the end of the season goal line. Yeah, I mean, his ceiling is so capped by the lack of opportunities in this offense, yeah. but at the same time, he's a legit, solid tight end one. You can't bench Kelsey. I mean, they scored 34 points last week. That He should be having more opportunities. Yeah, and I think they'll be there. I mean, I just don't think you can bench him. The, the high ceiling is there every single week. I agree. I agree. Um, uh, in terms of this rushing game, Charkandrick West is the most talented back left in this backfield. They want him carrying the load. They worked him back into the game last week. It was about a 50-50 split between touches uh, for both receptions and and rushing between him and Ware. Uh, I'm looking for Ware to fade back a little more in this game. Yeah, I, I still think uh, you know this is a Ware game, not so much a West game. Um, and, and I think the the only other thing here is if, if you have Jeremy Macklin, Jason Verrett has been a very good cornerback this year. I, I don't think that Macklin's going to have a huge day here. That only leaves Travis Kelsey. Yeah, um, hey, I'm a Kelsey owner, so I'm hoping for that. Uh, could yeah. certainly use a touchdown here. Yep. All right, the next game then is going to be the Washington Redskins at your Chicago Bears. Yeah, big playoff implications in this game. Who would have thought that? Uh, yeah, I, certainly not, uh, not expected at all. But Washington... Uh, just a terrible, terrible loss against the Dallas Cowboys, who are still in the playoff hunt. You like that? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, okay, so Washington here. Kirk Cousins, uh, you would think that he's a good play, but Chicago has actually been very good against the pass this year. Yeah, that, the, that whole team of, uh, of, of fifth, fifth, uh, fifth team starters somehow is uh, putting together a little bit. Maybe it's just because teams are so good against them, they don't have to bother. Passing against the Bears, I, I don't, I don't really know. That's actually not the case. They, they're actually playing the pass pretty well, and it's not like uh, Rivers is load, or um, it's not like Cousins is loaded up with you know amazing talents. Of course, Deshaun Jackson had that one ama- had they had that amazing you know speed speed based catch at the end of the game. Um, so that may happen here, but but you're absolutely right. Bears are doing well against the pass. Yeah, and it's still very possible. We saw Torrey Smith, uh, you know, burn the Bears secondary for that game-ending touchdown last week. So Deshaun Jackson certainly still very likely, or at least possible, to boom here as a wide receiver three. Um, the other thing is Chicago's really bad against the run. That may be part of the reason that teams haven't passed as much against them. Um, I do think that Matt Jones could have a decent flex-worthy game here. It, it could be decent. I don't want to rely on it, though. That that NFC East terrible, terrible running back uh, pool of who knows what's going to happen, where and when. Um, Matt, Matt Jones is the name at the top of uh, at the top of the pile. Um, it's certainly not Chris Thompson. He looked like he was going to sort of grab the reins and run with it before. Um, and I I don't think it's El Morris. So yeah, Matt Jones is the one left by uh, by by countout. Yeah, the only two Washington guys here that I'm even relatively comfortable about are going to be Jordan Reed and Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, definitely. Um, Chicago side here, Jay Cutler, after having a string of really nice games, has had a string of really bad games. Uh, never would have expected that. <laughs> That's not the Jay we know and love. Uh, yeah, unfortunately uh, it is, and I just don't know that. I mean, the Washington secondary is certainly not fearsome, but... 
I don't know that I'd be comfortable starting Jay uh, in the first week of the playoffs as my fantasy quarterback. Would you? The Bears have always played to played to the the Bears through the years, whether they're a good team or bad team, they sort of play to the abilities of the other team. Um, this Washington team is not very good. I don't expect the Bears to play very well, just like last week against the Niners. I expect them to lose uh, in a close. They'll lose by less than a touchdown, and nobody will have done very well. <laughs> yeah, um, but you're certainly not benching Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, I think no. that he'll still have just a fine, fine game here. Um, you have to that- play Forte. Yeah, Forte is a running back too for me. I-, I think that his goal line work is getting vultured, and that's part of the problem. But He's so safe with the with the workload in general that you still have to start him. Um, Eddie Royal uh, looks like he's going to play this week. Um, I I don't know that I'm jumping on jump, jumping on that ship though. No, I think he'll help keep the chains moving, but I wouldn't start him in fantasy. Certainly yeah. not the first week back. Um, I will say that Jeremy Langford still a flex play may may get a touchdown here. Uh, who knows? Um, Washington's certainly not great against the run. We may see another big running game here for Bor excuse me for both Forte and Langford. But I think with Bennett out of the way, uh, Miller has shown that he, he and Jay can forge a nice little connection. Um, I think he's a very nice contrarian cheap play in a daily. Yeah. Miller, uh, you know, if you're desperate, I, I do think that the opportunities are there, but again, a lot of his production came from those huge fluke, uh, you know, long touchdown passes. Yep. I'm not expecting that per se. No, hard to expect it, but, but still they've got some chemistry. Sure. Um, and sometimes that's all you need. Yep. All you need is love. That's very true. Um, all right. The next game here is going to be Atlanta at Carolina. Matt Ryan, uh, definitely not not playing him against Carolina. However, I will say this. Even if he's out on the waiver wire, he does have a very nice matchup next week against Jacksonville, who is a- allowing 24 points per game uh, to opposing quarterbacks since their bye week. And they have yet to stop a quarterback from scoring 15 points on them since week one. Yeah. The Falcons have looked like a dumpster fire the past few weeks. That's all there is to say. Yeah, I feel bad for Atlanta fans because I feel like they've had so much of this in in years past where they'll start seasons off so strong. And then either towards the end of the season or in the playoffs, they'll just completely fizzle out. Julio Jones still getting about 100 yards uh, each game. Devontae Freeman uh, rushing a little more poorly, but he tacks on 10, 10 more receptions in that last game. Um, th- nothing more to be said. Yeah, look, I mean, I think Freeman's still a running back too, despite the bad matchup, just because of all the opportunity and the passing game work. Um, I do want to touch on Julio a little bit more, though. I mean, we've seen that Josh Norman has shadowed um, guys like Julio and had success shutting them down. Um, that said, I don't know that you can bench Julio necessarily, but I don't think he's going to have a great game here. I mean, I honestly um, would not be shocked if Julio ended with like, let's say five catches for like 50 yards or so. Yeah, I'm certainly not paying $8,500 for him on DraftKings. <laughs> no, and cer- certainly not the best uh, daily play. But again, I mean, it wouldn't be crazy to me if you benched Julio, depending on what your options are. Yeah. Um, I just want to throw that out there because I know a lot of the community uh, believes in the whole start your studs philosophy, and I do agree to that, but only to a certain extent. At the same time, you do need to really look at the matchup and what they've done uh, in terms of Carolina just kind of shutting down the opposing number one wide receiver. 
Yeah. And while I, I, I do see your point, I'm, I'm in the start your studs camp. Um, you can say anything about any other wide receiver getting shut down by whoever. They are not Julio Jones. Yeah, and that's that's very fair. Um, one last thing, uh, I do think Tammy's a, a decent flex option here, or, or at least a you know high tight end too, because I do think that because Julio is going to see so much coverage, uh, Tammy might be that checkdown, especially with Hankerson gone. Matt Ryan needs to show me that he can be an effective quarterback before I can start Tammy, though. Yeah, um, I mean, I think the opportunity will be there. We'll, we just have to kind of see. It depends on the game flow. If, if Carolina kind of runs away with this, there might actually be garbage time opportunity for all the Falcons guys. Oh, I expect this to be a game of only garbage time opportunity. <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, that, that's, I think that's your optimal scenario if you're a Julio Jones owner because we yeah. have seen that Carolina kind of uh, plays a little bit more of a prevent defense if they are up big, which may allow him to get open underneath for a lot of short passes. Yeah. Um, okay, so the Carolina side here, uh, you know, Atlanta's actually been pretty good, not allowing a ton of points to the opposing uh, fantasy quarterbacks, but you're starting Cam. He's he's a top one, top two quarterback option. He's been really, really good this year. Yeah. Really good. Stayed healthy, and that's key. Yeah, and Jonathan Stewart has been a workhorse. You're starting him. He's a solid RB1 right now. Um, certainly, uh, you know, Ted Ginn, who knows? He might he might get two catches here for, for 10 yards, or he might get eight catches for 150 yards. He is the dice roll. He's your Yahtzee. Yeah, he, he's, like, he's like the roller coaster guy where he's up and down and up and down, and who knows? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, look, honestly... Um, <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. That was a weird analogy. Not sure where that came from, but regardless, uh, you know what I meant. Uh, yes. Greg Olson, you're starting without question. There's nothing else to say about this team other than uh, start their defense. Uh, yeah, easily. Um, okay, so next game here, Seattle at Baltimore. Seattle is heating up so much on the offensive side of the ball here. Uh, you're starting Russell Wilson. You're starting Doug Baldwin. And maybe you're starting Curse and or Lockett because the Baltimore secondary is terrible. And it has a whole lot of nothing to do with Marshawn Lynch, huh? Yeah, Thomas Rawls, solid RB1 right now. Um, I, I do want to think that... I mean, I, I think Rawls is talented. But again, in terms of Dynasty, I just want to note real quick, I don't know that he's necessarily the firm future yet. But you, I mean, I, I think he's worth pay. I think he's worth paying, you know, fair market value for. I wouldn't, you know, go sell on the farm for him. But if you can get him for, you know, something that you deem as fair, uh, if you're out of it and you can, you know, get rid of somebody that's like a, a wide receiver three, wide receiver a low wide receiver two to somebody that you know is in it right now. I mean, not that that not that somebody that's in it would be looking to move Thomas Rawls right now. I guess. Um, but if you can swing something like that, I would definitely go for it. Yeah, I'm just seeing a lot of ridiculous deals for Rawls right now. I think I would sell high, assuming you're out of contention. I think a late first is is about right. A late first round? Uh, uh, pick in Dynasty League. So you're talking late first round rookie pick? Correct. Dynasty, not keeper? Yes. Oh, I think I'd take that. I'd rather have Rawls over that without question. Yeah, see, I think if I owned him, I, I would sell for about that price. I, I don't know that he's necessarily, you know, a top five dynasty running back. Do you own him? Uh, I do own him on, on one league, but in uh, our league? 
No, not in our league. Oh, darn it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, you are kind of running back needy in, in that league. Sorry, right? you got me a little excited. <laughs> Um, but yeah, certainly I think Lockett and Curse, both wide receiver three flex plays with big, big upside. Um, and then Luke Wilson. I mean, hey, if you're just kind of taking a shot in the dark, if you need a tight end, uh, if, you know, if, if, if you lost Kronk and he's still likely out this, this week, um, Wilson's shown that he has, you know, that ability to, you know, break a couple tackles, maybe, maybe take a long touchdown to the house. Yeah, I can still only advocate for Tyler Lockett. You're, uh, you're getting real excited about this team because Russell Wilson finally put together a, uh, a really good game. That's just what he did is he put together a really, really good game against the banged up defense. Doug Baldwin is, is not sniffing any of my rosters anywhere. Oh, that's no, absolutely not. This is a terrible Baltimore defense. I'm starting Doug Baldwin as a high wide receiver too this week. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you starting him over Tyler Lockett? Yeah, I think Baldwin is the number one option here if you if you own the wide receiver. Do you want to put a points wager on that or something, um, or what do you like to do? Yeah, I mean, just in terms of more points scored this week. Yeah, lock it over Baldwin. I'll take him in both a PPR and a standard. All right, I'll take Doug Baldwin. You got a bet? There we go. How many points are you giving me on return yards? Oh, return yards. Forget that. We're talking about just straight up. Uh, pure, you know. wide, pure wide receiver, I'll take it too. I was just trying to sweeten my pot, baby. No, return yards, I would probably take Lockett as well. Yeah, okay. Also, um, the Seattle defense, uh, well worth their salary in daily. Pretty high, but again, they scored 17 points week three versus Jimmy Clausen. So just saying. Look for the Ravens to score uh, four points. No, that's not possible. <laughs> look for them to score three points. Yeah, look, uh, you know, Buck Allen was a great start last week. Uh, avoid, avoid, avoid this week. Yeah. Um, are you starting anyone on the Ravens? Uh, yeah, I think Matt Schaub would be a great... No, no, I, I can't even joke about any of these things. Um, I Nobody at tight end. Nobody at wide receiver. Nobody, no, no, just no, not this week. I think the only maybe viable option is Justin Tucker here. I mean, so uh, there's a lot of people where Buck Allen, they, they may have to start Buck Allen. And if you have to, I, he's probably going to put up running back two numbers this week just because of sheer uh, use. Uh, I don't know. that That's even a stretch for me. I think he'll get like five catches as, as a safe floor in PPR, maybe like seven or eight points, but I wouldn't expect a ton from Buck Allen. I don't like it. I don't like it, but but there's a lot of teams that don't have uh, another, you know, another option available. Hey. I, I think I'd still like him above. I think Buck Allen's like a Sean Drone type of player. I would easily take Sean Drone over him this week against Cleveland. Yeah, I, I think they're pretty close. Okay. Um, I mean... I guess if you're desperate, but again, I, I would start Ryan Matthews over Buck Allen. Oh, I would not. No way. Do not listen to this man. You wanna you wanna make a bet there? Yeah, do it. More more total fantasy points this week. Ryan Matthews over uh, Buck Allen. Yeah, I'll take the opposite of what you just said though. All right, sounds good. We'll we'll see you next week. All right, we're gambling this week. Yeah, I mean, hey, we're gambling playoffs. every week. We're the fantasy football addicts. That that's very true. <laughs> um, all right, next game here, Oakland at. Denver. Um, I'm benching Derek Carr. I'm looking uh, at a very similar to worst game for Derek Carr than he put up against uh, Kansas City. He just threw for 280 with two touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, that Denver defense will be all about his grill. Wow, I didn't just say that. Uh, let's rewind. That uh, <laughs> that Broncos defense will be 
all over him, worse than the Kansas City defense was. Um, I'm I'm taking a I'm taking him a step back, but I I still have some faith in him. He's got that talent around him. He's he's a good um, quarterback. Sorry, no, uh, I disagree completely. I'm absolutely. You don't think he's a good quarterback? Not against Denver, no. I, I'm benching him in 100% of leagues that I own him. Luckily, I don't own him anywhere. But if I did, I would be benching him. Um, look, look, I mean, look at the last matchup against Denver. Uh, he scored under 10 points. And honestly, look, Denver gets DeMarcus Ware back healthy this week. They've been playing amazing defense without him. Imagine him back now as, a, as an additional pass rusher. I, I just, I can't stand Derek Carr's playing a lot better football and connecting with all his receivers a lot better than he was earlier in the year, though. I understand that, but he still struggled against good defenses as of late. I just, I can't trust him. If, if you have like a Jameis Winston out there on the waiver wire, if you've got maybe even Marcus Mariota on the waiver wire, I, I would take either of them over Carr this week. When you put it like that, I think I'd, I'd start all of them except Mariota over Derek, uh, David Carr. Yeah, Mar- Mariota's uh, you know kind of a coin flip with Carr for me. I understand that Carr has the t- the talents around him. I just this Denver defense is is the best in maybe a decade in the league. Okay, yeah, they they are they are the best defense in the league. Um, okay, so in terms of Latavius Murray, I mean you probably don't have better options, but I expect you know low end RB two numbers if that. Um, as for Crabtree and Cooper, I think they're both just flex plays for me this week. If anybody's going to score a touchdown, it's probably Latavius on this team. Yeah, I mean, we have seen that Denver's one maybe soft spot is, you know, running up the middle. But again, they get wear back. Uh, that whole defensive line gets better with him in the picture. Yep. Um, okay, so um, Denver side. Osweiler is a low quarterback, you know, mid to low quarterback, too. I certainly wouldn't start him in fantasy. I think he's he's great for their team in terms of their playoff hopes. Um, but we've seen that they just don't need to throw much with that defense. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of high praise for Brock Osweiler as the future. I, he hasn't done anything. Uh, I mean, sure, he's allowing them to win games, but he, he's he's doing exactly what Kyle Orton did for the Bears when Kyle Orton played for the Bears. That was redundant. But he, he's he's managing the game and not turning the ball over, right? in which he, he is actually turning the ball over, just not a lot. Yeah, but that's all the Broncos really need with that defense is for Osweiler to just kind of manage the game, and you know they're they're golden, really. Um, I mean, I think the thing is that their rushing attack's gotten better, and that's what's been helping that offense. The problem now is that uh, both C.J. Anderson and Ronnie Hillman are banged up. C.J. with that ankle, and Hillman with his foot. Uh, neither of them practiced today, um, though it sounds like Hillman should practice tomorrow and be okay to play this week. Uh, just keep an eye out for Jawan Thompson. He's looked good in limited action before, and if one or both of them are banged up, he could see some opportunity here. Yeah, he's probably a guy that you have to go ahead and try and start. Uh, probably should if if he's not picked up, you've got to pick him up if you're a guy that's starting Denver running backs. Yeah, absolutely. I need to handcuff that at this point, which I didn't think I would say back in week three. Yeah. Um, certainly, a lot changes. And uh, same thing, uh, Vernon Davis concussed last week. I think Owen Daniels, if he, you know, if he plays the majority of the tight end snaps, I think he could be a decent tight end one. Uh, I feel like there's there's so many tight ends though that that uh, Owen Daniels is not a way that I'm turning. We've already discussed so many. Um, how about the wide receiver situation though? Demarius Thomas obviously a must start. Emmanuel Sanders though, I I feel like I can't I can't justify not starting him. Can you? 
Yeah, not against Oakland. Um, I mean, their secondary is yeah. the greatest. I think Sanders is a low wide receiver too. But he, ha- I mean, he didn't. They're just not having good weeks with Osweiler. Yeah, and again, I think it's just the fact that you know, kind of like with Kansas City, some some weeks that Alex Smith only needs to throw it like seventeen, eighteen times. Yeah, that's uh, if it if it wins a football game, then that's exactly what Kubiak's going to do. Yeah, again, uh, they do not care about your fantasy teams. Nope. They can't um, make that clear enough. <laughs> exactly. Um, I will say, uh, again, I touched on this earlier. Brandon McManus, uh, not necessarily a must-hold if, if you have decent options for kickers on the waiver wire. They just haven't been scoring as much lately. Yep, times they are a-changing. Yeah, um, and uh, the times are changing, but again, we come full circle to Dallas at Green Bay. Ugh. Except this time, it's Matt Castle, not Tony Romo, which means that the game is not going to be nearly as exciting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think McFadden, uh, we, we saw him benched after two fumbles, uh, got kind of hurt. They were checking him for a concussion on Monday, but he's still just on pure volume alone. He's a running back, too. I... I admittedly don't even know who this whitehead guy is. Yeah, I mean, you know, Turbin's the the backup. He was here. not on my radar. He was on none of my teams where I own DeMarco Murray. I I I dropped the ball. I don't know who he is, but I I don't think he's winning anybody any games. Uh no, certainly not. Uh I would not worry about him. Uh I will say um the the interesting thing to discuss here is Des Bryant and I I think that he's just, you know, like a wide receiver 3 right now. It's all he is until Tony Romo can get back on the field. That's for sure. Yeah, honestly, I, you know, I, I'd be okay with benching Des Bryant. Oh yeah, I, I would too. Um, and same with Jason Witten. He just nobody's really good with Matt Castle at the helm. Uh, really, it's just the checkdowns to Darren McFadden, and that's about it. It's going to be difficult to score touchdowns, and that's going to be where the majority of your uh, value becomes. Yeah, the one other thing here is Dan Bailey. Um, we've seen that they just can't score touchdowns, but they will move it down down the field uh, enough for him to kick some field goals. And he's kind of like that Chris Boswell category where um, kind of kind of uh, the way the offense has changed as the season has progressed, um, he's gotten more opportunities. And I think Bailey is another one of those kickers. He's Dallas's MVP. He's the one putting the butts in the seats over in Jerry World. Yeah. Um, so, again, if, if you are still hanging on to guys like McManus or, uh, you know, stuff like that, uh, th- this is the time where you have to take some chances. You need to, you need to play to win, not to not play to not lose. Yep. Um, speaking of which, uh, Green Bay defense, love them here at home. They play much better. And against Matt Castle, uh, at least one or two picks. Yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers will be great, um, but we'll, you know, I, I, I don't know, know if I know sure what to think about, about any else in this offense. Uh, I think this is going to be the do-or-die game for Eddie Lacy. I think they're going to give him all the reins. If he sinks, then he's done. You do not start him anymore this year. If he swims, if he does well, I think he can reclaim this job. Yeah, and I just want to go back real quick. Uh, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if he's going to have a great game. Dallas's defense is actually been playing pretty well um they have the pass rush to get against who though cousins like well okay here here's what i'm saying the dallas defense i think is actually very underrated i understand that they haven't had you know real challenges um but they limited cam newton to 18 points um certainly one of his lower uh scoring weeks of the year (laughs) Um, and again, they've limited guys like Russell Wilson. 
um, to 14 points. Uh, Russell Wilson has had a terrible year until this last <laughs> week. I, I know it all too well. Look, all I'm saying is I, I do think that the Dallas defense has enough to at least slow down Rodgers and company because, they again, they have the pass rush with Hardy in that line. Uh, they're decent against the run, and really, you know, their secondary isn't great, but they can hold out long enough for the pass rush to get there. Are you benching him? No, I'm just saying I think Rodgers is maybe like a number seven or eight quarterback for me. I, I certainly don't okay. think this is an yeah, easy he, matchup. I don't think he's worth the cost in daily, but I... I don't think Aaron Rodgers has ever been worth the price in daily. Uh, very fair. Um, okay. So again, I, I agree with what you said about Lacey. It sounds like, you know, McCarthy's giving him another shot here. Um, yeah. Who knows? Uh, it's all going to be about how much Lacey wants it. And again, uh, it depends on how, I think part of the, part of the problem is how green Bay is using him. Um, I think Lacey is one of those backs that does better out of a single back or an eye formation, not so much in the pistol or shotgun. And that's how they have to run it with, you know, the offensive line struggling. I just don't know if Lacey's going to have a huge game here, but I do agree that he's going to get at least one more big opportunity. I'll tell you what, this this Crockett guy is not their answer if they want to make it anywhere in the playoffs. No, uh, there's been a ton of buzz about him, uh, you know, after last week. Uh, uh, let's be clear here. That was to send a message as a punishment to Eddie Lacy. Um, he broke a couple decent runs, but again, Crockett is, I don't think Crockett's even near the future, uh, for green Bay. I think they draft someone this coming year. Yeah. How about this? Uh, well, I guess, uh, it should touch on James Starks. Um, need, needs to be owned. If Eddie Lacy sinks, it's James Starks' show. Yeah. And, um, here's the question. Uh, Randall Cobb, can you really trust him at this point? No, can you can't trust any of these wide receivers at this point. It's 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 great actually. I like it. I, I mean, I yeah, I love it as a Bears fan, but um <laughs> I, I think Cobb will get maybe like 10, 15 points in PPR. Like he'll be okay, but certainly not going to win your week for you, I don't think. No, he's not gonna. He's not gonna light up the scoreboard for you. Um, I think if there's anybody uh, that that's gonna have a shot at doing that for you, it it might be Devontae Adams. I, I disagree. I think if anything, it's it's Richard Rodgers. Now we've seen that he's got the chemistry. I understand last week. Oh well, if we're talking tight ends, the, okay. uh, I'm just talking their their pass catchers in general. Sure, their their pass catching unit. Yeah. yeah, he's he's emerged. Yeah, and again, I, I think last week was a fluke in terms of, you know, the, the huge touchdown and all that, but I think it's pretty clear here that right now he has the best chemistry of the pass catchers in Green Bay. Got to play in the now. Yeah. Um. Uh, going back to, you know, your comment, though, Devontae Adams, James Jones, I don't know that I would trust either of them. I think it's Cobb and Richard Rodgers for me. Th- those are the only two guys I'd be comfortable playing here. Went from starting nothing but uh, wide receiver ones in the Packers offense to uh, flexes in the wide receiver offense or in the Packers offense. And, you know, Randall Cobb's still hugely talented, but I think we've clearly seen that he's sort of like Jordan Matthews, you know, without Macklin in Philly and without Jordy in Green Bay, you know, they can't just sustain the offense by themselves. And I think they knew that. That's why they paid Jordy Nelson the money. Yeah, uh, that's very true. Um, I do. I do think that probably for dynasty or keeper leagues. I think Ty Montgomery is interesting once they get Jordy back simply because he's a better complimentary receiver, sort of like an Alan Hearns. Um, but again, for redraft, uh, not relevant this week. I do think these guys are by lows in, uh, in a dynasty. 
uh, both Adams and Cobb. Oh, uh, I don't know about Adams. I just don't believe in his talent in general, but Cobb, absolutely. I've seen him go for very, very cheap in some leagues. Sure, Cobb more so. He's looked terrible. He's a very good, very talented receiver. Jordy will be back next year, albeit probably a step slower, but Jordy Nelson isn't isn't a burner. He's not a speedster. He's a good route runner who knows how to make that uh, page, uh, that, well, that Packers a, offense Jordy work well. Jordy absolutely is a burner as well. He's their deep threat, and that's part of the reason they've struggled. He is their deep threat, but he's not. He's not a. He's not. Right, he's not Jackson. just that. He's like a brand marshal. He's so good with that chemistry, and he can just snag balls anywhere. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um. So the next game here is going to be New England at Houston. Uh. We saw that New England lost again last week to Philly. They they haven't lost three in a row. I don't think for a decade or something like that. Right. I I don't think history is going to. Uh, be be made here against the Houston Texans. <laughs> um, yeah, their defense has been playing better, but Bill Belichick is just absolutely great at you know figuring out how to get around opposing defenses' strengths. Uh, I could easily see J.J. Watt being double or even triple uh, blocked in this game. Basically, focus their entire line on uh, stopping Watt here. Um, Although when when, uh, when teams have done that, uh, finally Jadavian Clowney is making something happen. Yeah, and I do think that um, Brady, uh, despite this, though, will still be a, a solid quarterback one. Um, yeah. Not worry about him. Um, I, I still can't trust James White. I, I think he's he'll do fine simply because of the pass catching, um, but I, I wouldn't expect a huge game again from him. This is a blunt game to me. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Honestly, it depends on how well Houston slows down the New England offense, and I just, it's hard to say. Um, I think the only really reliable guy here is Danny Amendola, and to a lesser extent, Scott Chandler. Sure, definitely. Um, Scott Chandler filled in nicely for the Gronk this last week, Um, although it's against that Eagles secondary. uh, Houston, The Houston Texans are a better defense than the Eagles. Uh, I'm not expecting a lot of Scott Chandler. I'm, I'm expecting a lot of balls all around the field. Um, points are going to be scored where points are scored. Can't really pinpoint it right now. Yeah, the the only the only really reliable option here is I wouldn't be shocked if Danny Amendola got like 15 targets this game. Yeah, definitely. Um, on the other hand, here uh, on the Houston side, we're not even going to talk about Ryan Hoyer against New England. Um, but I will say that Hoyer has decent matchups in weeks 15 and 16 against Indy and Tennessee. So just something to keep in the back of your mind here. Um, but yeah. more importantly, Alfred Blue uh, kind of banged up, and you know he didn't see as many touches as as usual last week. We saw Chris Polk start to get a lot of work. Yeah, he uh, he did get the work. Um, anytime you're playing against the Patriots, there's a potential where your your offense is gonna you know score a lot of points. I, I just don't see it here in Houston. There's really only one person I'm leaning on. And that's DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, the only thing is, uh, I do want to say that. Polk would would potentially get next week Indy, which isn't a bad matchup. And again, if you're desperate at running back, particularly if you're a guy that lost Ingram, um, I don't think Polk is the worst pickup. I would actually take Polk over Spiller or Hightower. Polk over Spiller? Yeah, if, if Blue's out of the picture, definitely. But as soon as he gets back on the field, you've got to find other options. I mean, I don't know how loyal they are to Alfred Blue, though. We They've seen what he can do. I mean... It, Maybe they give Polk a chance. I I think that that's not out of the question. 
It's possible. It's it's, it's definitely possible. Um, he 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 does. I think he does have a higher potential than Blue. Even though I think Blue had the biggest game of anybody um, out of that backfield, other than Foster, of course, um, for this season. But I, but Polk is the is the higher is the higher potential uh, running back. Right, and obviously I agree. Hopkins is a, a surefire starter, but also you know if you're desperate, Cecil Shorts. I I'm always on the shorts train. I love shorts. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just all kind even of in the winter time. <laughs> I mean, that's not out of the question in Chicago. So, uh, yep, certainly, uh, certainly possible. I, I I saw it today, actually. Um, See, there you go. All right. Um, so the next game here is going to be New York Giants at Miami Monday Night Football. Um, yeah, I mean, Eli Manning has struggled lately, but Miami defense certainly not scary. Yeah, I <laughs> stardom. Start Odell. Don't touch the NFC East running backs. Same story, same song and dance. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you sum that up quite nicely. Um, the only addition I'll make here is Will Ty, worth a shot. Um, you know, we've seen that Eli likes him, and he's probably the number two receiver now in that, uh, on that team. Yeah, which is sort of sad for the guys. I mean, Randall was supposed to have a nice potential. Uh, Dwayne Harris is a nice little talent that just isn't making it happen. Um, yeah, yeah Shane know, Vereen should be, you know, toward the tops and pass catches on that team, but but he isn't. I, I will say I don't hate Randall against the Miami defense. I don't think that uh, he might have a, a decent day. I, I could. See, I can't like, say I hate anybody against the Miami defense. <laughs> that's true. I could see Randall having one of his, you know, big games here with like seventy yards and a touchdown. Sure. Um, okay, so the Miami side here. <coughs> Sorry about um, that. No worries. I, I can certainly uh, relate with uh, with my coughing interruptions. It's the most wonderful time of the year, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed. Um, so Ryan Tannehill hasn't been great, but the New York Giants, one of the worst defenses out there in the league. Uh, I think Tannehill's worth a start in you know daily and fantasy uh, tournaments. He's going to look to bounce back after that abysmal uh, showing he put up against the the Baltimore Ravens. Um, he. He's an NFL quarterback. He has to have a little bit of pride in himself. 86 yards in a, in a football game? Come on. Yeah, and same with Lamar Miller. Um, they've, they've shown that they want to commit to him, get, to, get, get him a bunch of carries, and, uh, you know, the, again, the New York Giants defense, not very good. Yeah, commit they have. 110 yard, 113 yards last week. I like Lamar Miller. I like him going forward. I like him in this game. Um, yeah, similarly, same story for Jarvis Landry. Um, again, I think that he's going to see more work along with Tannehill. Um, he's certainly the, the number one favorite option for, for Tannehill here. Too little too late this year for Devontae Parker, who I was uh, holding out hope for. Um, he finally put together you know, a 12-point game, uh, 15 points in a PPR. Looked nice out there, but it was against Baltimore. Yeah, but again, against the New York Giants, I think he's a decent tournament play for DFS. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that about does it. You're not starting the Miami defense. Um, and that's the last game for week 14. Uh, just a couple quick notes I had here. Um, again, uh, some of this we mentioned earlier, but if you're streaming uh, whatever position it might be, uh, specifically for quarterback, again, Matt Ryan gets Jacksonville in week 15. He might be out there on waiver wire. Um, and same with Brian Hoyer. He gets uh, Indianapolis in week 15. Certainly not the best defense there. Um, and if you're looking ahead to week 16, if you have the roster room, Kirk Cousins gets Philadelphia, um, certainly a divisional rival. Um, and I think he could have a very, very nice game in that. 
And then Brian Hoyer gets Tennessee, uh, who's he, he's already scorched earlier this week for, or excuse me, earlier this year for 20 plus points. And that's what this part of the season is all about. When you've made it to the playoffs, there's only two. If you've got to buy, there's only two more games. If you, you don't, there's only three games left in most, in most, uh, in most uh, league formats that you have left to win. Look at the matchups. You do have roster room. You, you don't have to see if somebody's going to break out for the most part anymore. You don't have to rely on that. You've already made it to the playoffs. Cut those guys. Get rid of your lottery tickets. Not all of them, but get rid of some of your lottery tickets and put in high-quality starters. Yeah, and I, I got to say, I'm still seeing guys like Terrence Williams rostered. Like, drop all those guys. Oh, drop, gosh, get them out of yeah, here. drop them for, like, handcuffs who haven't done anything all year, but, you know, with one injury, they could be, like, 20-point starters. Cole Beasley. These guys aren't these guys aren't lottery tickets anymore. They were lottery tickets preseason. Yeah, I'll, I'll do you one better. Uh, I still see Brandon LaFell rostered in a ton of leagues. I, I think we've seen enough that the chemistry is no longer there like it was last year. I don't think LaFell needs to be rostered. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick move on quite quickly. Yeah, and as should you. Just, yeah, just ask Aaron Dropson. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's still on the roster, but uh, he, he's always he is, he is a, Well, like... he's a good special teamer. What can I say? He can, <laughs> he can uh, get downfield and make tackles. Fine, I guess. Ask uh, who was who that? Uh, Ken, uh, Chris Harper. He was suppo- who? Chris Harper. No, but there were there were. I mean, there's been so many names that oh, were supposed Campbell to be the next Tompkins, big thing. Uh, Zach Sudfeld, about? or that other. There was oh, another Zach wide receiver, uh, Kerwin something. He was supposed to be phenomenal, but he's he's unemployed too. <laughs> yeah, Zach Sudfeld. Uh, that that hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to go there. <laughs> All right. Well, um, that is going to wrap up our podcast for this week. Again, uh, we always appreciate you joining us here. Um, thank you for listening. And as always, you know, best of luck in the playoffs. If you made it this far, clearly, you know, you're either really lucky or at least you, you kind of know what you're doing, right? Hey, I, I'd always rather be lucky than good. That's for sure. <laughs> and that's, you're not, you're not wrong. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, again, thank you guys for downloading, for listening and uh, best of luck. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. If you have any specific lineup questions or matchup questions, we're always happy to help. You can follow me at FFA underscore M-E-N-G. And of course, you can follow me, Nick Georgellis, the Los, at FFA underscore Los. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Um, go ahead into your iTunes store. Press subscribe so that all the podcasts automatically download right to your iPad or streaming device. Congratulations on making it this far. Good luck. Yeah, and uh, just a quick preview for for the weeks ahead. Uh, After the season, we will be uh, recording a Dynasty or a Keeper-oriented show. Um, So happy to accept any questions you have for anything like that. Um, And as always, it's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks for sticking with us, addicts. Good luck.